time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test all right it is time to jump into the word let's jump right on into this thing so we have been on a series of preaching entitled faith driven finances it's been a great series folks have given very positive feedback and it seems like it has been very impactful in the lives of folks and so very very grateful for that thank you all so much for uh, tuning in throughout the month uh, whether it has been live or streaming after the fact uh, if you've missed any of them, they're on our YouTube channel. You can go over to YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. We're City Point Community Church on our YouTube channel. And then also many of our sermons. This series is not there yet, but many of our sermons over the past year are on our podcast, the Dope Church Podcast. You can get it wherever you uh, get your podcast from. So that's Apple, that's Spotify. It's it's just about everywhere. So, uh, so go and check that out. Subscribe to our podcast as well to be able to get our um, to be able to get our previous sermons. I'm gonna jump right into this. Um, we're gonna be talking today about pride and paper. Pride and paper. Um, let's bow in a word of prayer and then we'll jump straight into the word. Lord, we thank you for giving us this chance to um, to to hear your word, and I thank you for the chance to preach your word. I pray that you will allow me to preach with power, courage, and conviction, that you will make this word real and relevant to your people. I pray that as I pour out, you will pour back into me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A female colleague of mine once told me that when going out on a date, she never told a guy that she was a school administrator. She only told them that she worked in education so that they would assume that she was a teacher. She said she did this so as to not scare off men by her pay and position. That, that was the first time that I had ever heard about something like that being done. I, I remember coming home that day and mentioning it to Carla and I learned from her that unfortunately it's common. It, it is common where sisters reduce themselves to fit the sensibilities of their potential partners. I got a homie um, that has a degree and a professional job who was with a woman who earns more money than him. In a heated argument, she went on to tell him and actually to shame him because of his smaller salary and went on to call him broke. Now, in my opinion, he makes good money and by national averages, he makes really good money. But because his income was less than hers to her, he's broke. These are not just anecdotes or aberrations. These are the facts of life in the culture in which we live. Uh, some of us are keen participants in that culture. And let me say to you that we are the worst as a generation because of it, our relationships are suffering. So some relationships are hindered from ever even getting started. Our preoccupation with money and finances in general is choking out what could be meaningful and lasting relationships before they even begin. 
Some men are willing to cross off the list immediately any woman who makes more money than them. Some women are willing to cross off the list any man who makes more than them, who makes less than them. Compatibility, chemistry and love be damned. All we care about is the income piece. And this is all done so we can afford to put two Range Rovers in the driveway. And so that we can afford to be able to attain a debt to income ratio high enough to afford that new Greystone in Logan Square. I raised the question, can we be so educated yet so simple minded? Or brothers, things like brothers preferring to have less household income so that we can be the king of the hill. Reality is I would rather be partners on a mountain than king of a little bitty hill. So today I want to talk about the elephant in that situation. It is pride. And the Christian antidote to that elephant is humility. Proverbs 16 and 18 says pride leads to destruction and arrogance to downfall. Proverbs 11 and 2 says when pride comes, disgrace follows, but with humility comes wisdom. And speaking of humility, Philippians 2 and 5 says in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Paul says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Uh, Kendrick Lamar would simply say, sit down, be humble. No, No matter how much money you make, sit down, be humble. If you make less than your partner, sit down, be humble. Whether you've got a white collar job, blue collar job, a white tee job, tank top job, sit down, be humble. Proverbs says, watch your pride. Philippians says, be humble like Christ. First Timothy six and 10 and Hebrews 13 and five say, don't love money. And all the passages of scripture that I have read or that I have mentioned, there is this common theme that comes out. That theme is that there ought to be a certain disposition of the heart amongst the people of God. That pride and arrogance and re and greed run counter to that disp- to what that disposition ought to be. The summary of those scriptures, if I were to just break it all down, would be something like this. In First Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, I want you to warn Christians that they ought to function in life with a dose of contentment. That they ought to watch out for the cravings of riches because I have seen it become an obsession and cause people to compromise and wander away from the values of their faith and even the faith itself. He says effectively, if we were to think about evil as a plant that springs up, if we were to trace it back to its root roots, we would discover that many evil deeds have as their root the love of money. Paul says effectively the cure to such gold fever is contentment. 
And he says later on in, in six and 17, Timothy, tell those who already have riches not to put their trust in something as unstable as currency, something as unstable as a business or a job or an investment for portfolio. Tell them not to put their hope and confidence in cash or cars or careers and cribs, but build their confidence on the one that created them and tell them not only that, but tell them that they ought to be using those riches to do good works. Verse 17, he says, instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be conceited and not to put their hope in the uncertainty of wealth, but in God who richly provides all things for us to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share, treasuring up for themselves a firm foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. In the Hebrews verses, the unknown writer of Hebrews encourages contentment. In, in the Proverbs verses, the writer encourages humility. In essence, what's going on here, if we were to step back and take a macro look at scripture, in essence, it's a heart thing. In, in a way, if we really were to sum up the Christian way of being and the sign of a believer, we could simply just say, it's a hard thing, but, but, but I am afraid that when it comes to this thing called money, we got heart problems, y'all, and, and not the kind of heart problems that can be diagnosed with an EKG, not the kind of heart problems that adding more cardio to your life can fix, not the kind of heart problems that changing in diet changing your diet and changing your, your exercises can change. Not the kind of heart problems that eating Cheerios and oatmeal for breakfast can tame. No, this heart problem can best be attacked by the word of God. So today I want to just spend a little bit of time doing some work on our hearts. I want to just dig, continue just digging like I've been doing into the word of God to let it do some surgery and to cut out the pride and to cut out the arrogance that we carry in our hearts when it comes to money. I want to let the word do some surgery. So if I were to sum up this message in one sentence, I would simply say that the main idea is this. Don't attach pride to your income. That, that's that's basically the whole thing. If you got to leave and go do something else, that's the message for the day. That's really what I want to get at. All these words are to get you here. Don't attach pride to your income. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should not attach pride to your income. The first one is because pride is a prelude to destruction. Yes, pride is a prelude to destruction. Th th there are at least several schools of thoughts that some people can be guilty of. The first one is I'm supposed to make more money. The, the second school of thought is I'm the stuff because I make more money. The third school of thought is you're less than me because I make more money. Let, let me unpack these. But first of all, there's a person who feels like they are supposed to earn more money than their partner does. Sometimes this can tend to be informed by social pressure. Sometimes it's learned from the context of upbringing. So like it's, you know, it's my dad made more money than my mom and my granddad made more money than my grandma. So I'm supposed to make more money than my partner. That's 
Some people get it out of the context that they were brought up in. So, sometimes it is the comparison to their to, to our friends relationships. Sometimes it is simply the paradigm that we have chosen to live in. Let me say, brothers, that we can often find ourselves falling into this trap in this camp. The second person is the person who feels like they are the stuff because they make more money. The third person is the person that is the one that feels like other people are less than them because they make more money. Now, for this person, money can uh, tend to be a compensational uh, or a or compensation, I should say, uh, for some kind of self-esteem challenges or personal emptiness that they are trying to make up for with money. But money is this person's scorecard for people in society. It is a way for them to judge somebody else's worth or somebody else, somebody else's worthiness. It is based on how much money those people in society make. Yeah, brothers and sisters can fall into this this kind of category in this school of thought. Let me pause for a moment and say that all of these statements are prideful. Pride may seem like a harmless, personal, internal issue. It may seem harmless, but the word says that there are some common calamities that happen in our lives or in the lives of the prideful And I just simply I want to just challenge us to watch out lest we end up with unchecked pride and we suffer the same fate. Some of it can be found in scripture. Proverbs 16 and 18 says pride does what? It leads to destruction and arrogance to downfall. Proverbs 11 and 2 says Proverbs 11 and 2 says when pride comes, disgrace follows, but with humility comes Wisdom. Proverbs 18 and 12 says before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. Proverbs 29 and 23 says a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Some of us have been blessed with so much, y'all. God is God is allowing some of us to earn in ways that our parents perhaps never did. You are touching money and hitting numbers that are bigger than what you have even been able to imagine, even would have been able to imagine some years ago. But let me say to you, don't let the inflation of income become the inflation of your ego. Because pride is a cancer that will kill your relationships. Pride is a cancer that will kill them from even getting started. Pride can even lead God to bring you low just so that he can cut the pride out of your heart. Let me challenge you, sisters, that just because you make more than he does does not mean that you are better than him. It is not a license to look down on him or to draw his manhood into question that that let me just say is some oppressed mimicking the oppressor type of stuff. And I will tell you from a real dude perspective that no real dude will ever stay in a relationship with you for that. I've never in our 14 years of marriage and our year of engagement or our year of dating earn more money than Carla. I'm a nonprofit dude. I'm a pastor. I have been an educator. My wife is a corporate boss. We're on two different paradigms when it comes to um, even opportunities for earning. 
But in these 14 years of marriage and the one year of engagement and the one year of dating, even though she has always made more than me, she has never made me feel like it. Let me also flip the script. Let let me challenge my brothers that just because you make more does not give you license to dominate in your relationship. It does not give you the license to make your partner subservient or for you to be on some I pay the bills up in this house type of situation. And the reason is because pride, again, pride is a prelude to destruction. And I have seen it. I have seen people who were prideful get brought low. Check your pride. Let me say to you, secondly, that humility is the hallmark of our faith. Yes, humility is a hallmark of our faith. Paul says to the Philippian church, count other people as more significant than yourself. He says, don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Instead, what I want you to do is take on the mind of Christ. Take on the mind of the founder of our faith. Remember, as you think your attributes make you somebody, remember that he had all the attributes. But even though he had all of the attributes, he considered himself a nobody so he could die on a cross to save everybody. In effect, Paul says, if God can be small, can't you make yourself small and place other people above you? That's the Christian duty. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. He is giving them instructions on living with and amongst each other as Christians. And Paul effectively says humility is one of the hallmarks of our faith. If Jesus could lay down his godness to be humble, can we lay down our pride about our income or desiring to make more than the other person? Can we lay that down to be humble? Paul says, therefore, if any If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humility. Humility. Let me share with you the third and final reason is that is because money has minuscule value anyway. Yes, money has minuscule value. Uh, Andre Iguodala of the Golden State Warriors was the finals, was the NBA finals MVP in 2015. He only averaged 16 points, five rebounds and four assists. He did not put up the most points amongst the Golden State Warriors during the finals that year. In fact, Steph Curry averaged 10 more points per game than he did. But but it was understood that when it came to Andre Iguodala, that his contributions in other areas, namely his defense on LeBron James, were those things were invaluable. 
It was understood that even though Andre Iguodala did not score the most points, that without his unique and special contributions, the Golden State Warriors would not have been champions that year. Can I talk to y'all for a minute? I, I want to talk to the people who are listening, who when it comes to relationships, understand that it is more about the team winning championships than it is about which individual puts up the best numbers. Yeah, we, we are in this age where credit scores and cash balances are trumping compatibility and chemistry when it comes to selection and dating, that there are more important contributions to love and partnership than simply money. Let me close with this illustration. Money, money so has minuscule value. I, 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 I take Layla to Chuck E. Cheese. We, we kind of had this lapse in time during COVID before she was vaccinated where we didn't go. And it's like when I took her back, she's a big kid. Whereas when I was taking her pre-COVID, she was a little kid. There's also been other changes that have happened during that span between when we used to go and now us going again it, is they've gone digital. But, but before when we used to go, in order to play games, you put money into the machine and out of that machine, you got these Chuck E. Cheese tokens. And so you get the Chuck E. Cheese tokens and then you can play the game. And and and, and, and I still have some Chuck E. Cheese tokens that I, I remember leaving uh, the place with. And just in my random change jar at home, there are quarters and nickels and dimes and these random Chuck E. Cheese tokens. I realized something about those Chuck E. Cheese tokens, though. Th those Chuck E. Cheese tokens have no value outside of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, when, when we were inside the space, inside of Chuck E. Cheese, they, they were good for rides and they were good for games. You, you could have a good time with those tokens. They were valuable in that space. But once you left the space, they no longer carry much carried any value. As Paul tells Timothy, we brought nothing into the world and we won't take anything out. But money is only good for rides and games in this space, in this world that we live in. But let me say to you, brothers and sisters, as I wrap this sermon up, there is going to come a time when we will all step out of this space and realize that what we so highly value and took pride in and shaded others for the lack of was merely a sack of useless tokens. For Timothy says we brought nothing into the world and can take nothing out. I'm going to leave y'all when I say this. Don't ruin or limit your relationships over pride in useless tokens. I say it one more time, don't ruin or limit your relationships over pride in useless tokens. But money, money, money has minuscule value in the grand, grand scheme of things. So check your pride with regard to paper. Oh.